This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Tuesday edition of the Round Ball Stew podcast on NBC Sports Edge. I am your host, Ryan Knauss. With me, as usual, my co-host, Jared Johnson. Hello. Jared, we're going to get into a bunch of stuff today. We're going to start the show, as usual, with a pickup of the day from Dr. A. We're going to get into some injury updates with updates in quotes. We'll explain why in a minute. We're going to do some deep dive on the Cavs, some deep dive on the Thunder, talk some Top Shot today. So if you're into the Top Shot community already, that will be a pleasure. If not, uh, Jared's going to inform us what it's all about and give us some tips going into some pack drops for NBA Top Shot today. Jared, are you excited to talk Top Shot? I know you've brought up the possibility before. We haven't done it, but I think today's the day to dive a little bit into NFTs and uh, just give everyone reason to get excited about it. I am stoked. I've been begging for all you (laughs) listeners. I have been begging Ryan to be able to talk about Top Shot uh, basically since the start of this podcast. And I felt like today was a good opportunity with two very impressive packs on the way, but more on that later. More on that later. We will lead off, as usual, with a pickup of the day from Dr. A. This is exclusive to the NBC Sports Edge season tools. He goes on with a dozen other pickups of the day, but he starts out Monday's pickups with Io Desumu again. So this is the second week in a row. We'll get into that. But Steve writes, after duds in his last two games, Io hit his first nine shots to set a Bulls record and finished with a career-high 24 points, five rebounds, eight assists, a block, and four three-pointers on 10 of 14 shooting before fouling out on Monday. He's an absolute must-have fantasy player as long as Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso are out, so make sure he's not available in your league. He shouldn't be. Now, I I noted that this is the second week in a row for Io as the top pick, and Steve concludes by writing he shouldn't be available. I agree, you'd think that he would be gone by now, but Steve is highlighting him for a reason. And as I say this, Io Desumu is rostered in exactly 50% of Yahoo leagues. Jared, even if we assume that there's a solid percentage of what I call ghost ship leagues out there, just leagues that draft and, you know, people drift away and no active waiver wire movement to speak of, that still leaves a ton of leagues in which Io DeSumo is available. The Bulls backcourt is thinned out. Grayson Allen ensured that Alex Caruso won't be on the court yeah. for uh, six weeks at a minimum. Not like that. <laughs> <laughs> plenty of plenty of ink spilled over that one already. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm all for that. I say go get Io DeSumo, obviously. He's had some massive games and he's going to continue to be a big part of the backcourt for the foreseeable future. Yeah, 100%. Lonzo hasn't even had his surgery yet. And once he goes under the knife, that's six to eight weeks. In a lot of fantasy leagues, that's going to be the entire fantasy season. And Caruso, um, what is it, six weeks for him or four to six weeks? Either way, they need help in that backcourt. Yes, Levine got back last night. And yes, DeMar DeRozan had a rest day. But it just seems like the minutes are there for him, and he's playing incredibly well. Seems that he's solidified himself in that rotation. He's earned the trust of Billy Donovan. So just a lot of good things going on there. And and 
just impressive stat lines. Now, he did have a couple of duds, but overall, very, very impressive. Yeah, and I believe last night was his season high in scoring. As you mentioned, no DeRozan. Zach Levine was just coming back from injury. But the fact that Dosumu can rack up enough dimes and steals, yes. that's really the key because he yes. doesn't need to score even 15 points to give you value. He can average eight points per game. But if he's getting sufficient dimes and sufficient steals with a handful of three-pointers and boards, that's all you need. So go get him. I like it. Now, other potentially more substantive injury news. We'll, we'll discuss that this morning. ESPN's Brian Windhurst on his podcast floated something about Paul George, and I will give you the quote. It's almost like I'm, this is from Brian Windhurst, quote, it's almost like I'm waiting on bad news for Paul George because, and then he got interrupted, and he picked up his thread by saying, it sounds like surgery is a real option there, and if he has that, he's done for the year. Now, he didn't preface this with any information about who the source was. He didn't say, he, he didn't discount it by saying, I'm just speculating here. That's all we have to go on is Brian Windhurst saying, it sounds like surgery is a real option. Now, naturally, that's going to get picked up. We already blurbed about it. It's headline all over the internet and Twitter. So people are wringing their hands and we'll get into potential pickups in a minute. Does this worry you? Does it does it seem dismissible, like just an offhand comment? How how worried are you? I have Paul George stashed on my IL, so I'm I'm a little fretting. I mean, it just sounds like blind speculation. I mean, calculated speculation. I was looking up Paul George the other day because I participated in a little midseason draft thing, and Paul George went undrafted in that thing because if you just look at our past two blurbs, it does seem like it could be heading in that direction. I'm a little bit skeptical of the things Brian Windhorst says that aren't about LeBron James, and he doesn't back this up with sourcing. He didn't say sources say. So it just seems like an educated guess, but not a bad one. I am concerned. They push back that timetable by another few weeks. It's just been really vague. And the injury, it's a torn ulnar something. It UCL, doesn't... Yeah doesn't sound great <laughs> sounds like something that if does if doesn't get better naturally surgery would be the logical option and i believe in one of our blurbs it said that it said if he doesn't improve with rest surgery could be on the table surgery happens that's not going to be great mm -hmm. am i at the point where i would be cutting him i don't think so i think i want i want to know that he's done for the year before i'm making a decision like that on a guy who has top five overall upside yeah i i'm with you there i mean I'm not taking one offhand comment as justification to cut someone like that. You know, unless you have no IL at all and he's just, you know, in a shallow league potentially and he's just burning through potential games played, maybe you can make a case for it there. But now this, to me, this is just status quo. Just hold on to him. If surgery is necessary, we'll know about it soon enough anyway. Right. So no need to overreact here. What I will say, however, is go make the logical pickup. And to me, that's Amir Coffey. We've talked about yeah. him plenty, and yet he's still only rostered in 27% of leagues. I think that's largely because he was one of the most dropped players in Yahoo. After a recent dud versus the Knicks on Sunday, he had two points and one assist. His minutes were way down at 18. But that did snap a streak of 16 consecutive games where Coffey had minutes in the mid-20s or higher. In January, despite having played 18 minutes on Sunday, he's still averaging north of 30 minutes. So I like him a lot as a Roto League pickup. He's not quite as good in head-to-head, uh, -head, definitely not as good in points leagues. But his ability to pick up some assists out of position, 
He's a pretty reliable steals guy. He's got on some nice streaks with steals in six, seven consecutive games. He's been very impressive percentage-wise. He's shooting north of 45% from the field, 38% from deep, and 88% from the line. So excellent shooting splits, you know, kind of checks all the roto boxes. All he needs is, is minutes, which have been there as I went over. So I like him. Sure, Luke Kennard and Terrence Mann are kind of threats, but I'm still on board with coffee. Do you feel the same, or does that 18-minute dud give you pause? I think that he's been really impressive and he's shown us this before in past seasons when guys have gotten hurt. He's flashed this upside. So I'm completely on board with everything you said. I think he's a quality pickup. I would even go as far as to say in a deep head-to-head league, he can be a, a useful asset. So yeah, go get him. If you have someone on your roster that you don't like, I think this man presents a lot of upside and we don't know when Paul George is going to return. And speaking of, and an actual rookie, Brandon Boston Jr., who merges in my brain with Amir Coffey, which is why that that's not the first time I've called him a rookie on this podcast. First time anyone's <laughs> noticed it. In any case, Brandon Boston Jr. is someone to also throw on your watch list because yes. the Clippers are currently number nine in the West. Boston has wow. shown that he can fill it up when given potential playing time. So, yeah, just a guy to watch, especially if we're already talking about Paul George potentially having season-ending surgery. Kawhi may or may, I mean, unlikely to return, although there's still a chance. So, definitely a guy to add to this conversation or watch list Mm -hmm. type player. And then, Brian Winhurst, just to wrap up that section of the conversation, he also threw in that he continues to be worried about Draymond Green. A disc pinching a nerve, this is a quote, disc pinching a nerve, they're giving him physical therapy in hopes that therapy does it. He's due for an update next Monday. Mark Spears chimed in and added that Draymond's been out since January 5th and is getting the gist that he hasn't done any basketball workouts at the moment. His calves have been loosening up, but there was no comment on the back. So we are talking about a pinched mm. di- like a pinched disc in the lower back for a veteran with a yeah. lot of mileage on him. And we've seen in the past back injuries go south. Now we've seen some players recover from them. You mentioned Windhurst was, you know, LeBron James acolyte for a long time and was his right-hand man, essentially, at least in the media. And he cited LeBron as having back injuries that he managed to get past with cortisone shots and extreme, you know, physical intensive therapy. And it didn't end up requiring surgery and major problems. Hopefully we see the same with Draymond, but how much? That was the year he was in Miami, right? I believe so. He missed a bunch of games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how worrisome is this for you? I mean, if you want. Oh, man, it's worrisome. It's worrisome. (laughs) It's nerve issues in the back. I am not pleased to hear that, especially when they initially called it a calf issue. Like Clay comes back and Draymond starts and he checks out immediately and they're like, oh, Draymond just wanted to be mm-hmm. there for Clay's return. But then the next game we get like an update that, oh, it's not really a calf, like it's stemming from a nerve issue with his back. Oh man, if you're if you're having pain all the way down to your calf from a disc issue in your back, it's not great. All I will say is this Warriors team is incredibly competitive this year. Draymond is an incredibly competitive player, so I could see him trying to gut it out as best he can, like you said, a la LeBron James with those cortisone shots. Probably not the best for your body long term, but these guys are NBA players and they love the game, so uh, it's, it's concerning. What more can I say? I'm concerned. 
I hope that he's able to push through it. But that nerve issues in the back is not a good thing for a basketball player. So, <laughs> yeah, suffice to say, uh, compression on discs in your lower back as a professional athlete, it's a tough thing to overcome. And my fear, I guess, is that he, you know, even if he returns, he's extremely limited. They're going to monitor his minutes so that he's not overworking it, potential back to back restrictions, that type of thing. So, yeah, I mean, his his fantasy trade value is tanked at the moment. Right. So forget forget that. You're just kind of stashing him and praying at this point. Kevon Looney, his defense is more critical than ever for the Warriors, obviously. He's quietly been a pretty solid fantasy player with traditional big man stats. Bit of a rebounding tear recently. Yeah. Uh, definitely a guy you can, at worst, stream. His minutes are up. That's something we haven't seen recently. Golden State was very reluctant to play Kevon Looney major minutes because of his own injury problems and history. Right. But we have seen the playing time come up. So especially with Draymond off the court, I quite like him. Otherwise, the fallout is pretty muted for fantasy. I think Nemanja Bielitsa remains in the rotation. You got some more minutes for Otto Porter Jr. and Jonathan Kuminga. Kuminga is getting 70% of his run at power forward. It's just a committee approach. Kuminga had like two terrible games in a row. Like he had those three really nice games and we thought, oh boy, this rookie's about to come out. And then Steve Kerr was like, yank, mm -hmm. psych. Just kidding. It's going to be a committee approach. Juan Toscano-Anderson has been in and out of the rotation. Nemanja Bielisa, like you said, kind of in the teens. Andre Iguodala, when he plays, he helps out. And it's just, there, there's not, oh, I guess Otto Porter Jr., I would say, is actually a pickup. And he's been the best player of this bunch. Um, but more so of a roto guy, he's, he's, his stat lines aren't super exciting. It's what he does with, like with the defensive stuff, a little bit of everything. Not a huge score, mm -hmm. but his minutes have, have been trending up. But he's pretty much the only guy out of this group. Kevin Looney, it, I have him in a 30-team league. I think 14-team, I'm not sure 12-team, he's, he's, he's there, kind of limited in his stat set. Very much fringe to me in that yeah. point. I'm with you. I think OPJ is a good streamer. He's had his moments for DFS too. His salary's been low enough. He's been hitting, but man, you mentioned the, you know, the group platoon approach to filling these minutes and with players resting and back to backs, trying to target the Warriors for DFS has been very interesting recently, at least in terms of that, the wing forward rotation. So good, good luck to all those attempting that. You could get some help. The NFL playoffs are here. I don't know if anyone's noticed that Chiefs finale, by the way, was just crazy. I'm not even a, a big NFL guy, but one of my friends was like, you need to tune into this game. I think they scored 25 points in the final two minutes of regulation, but it's not a football podcast. Is that on Sunday? Yes. Yeah. I, I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. But anyway, the, the playoffs are here in full force, and NBC Sports Edge Plus is giving you a special offer. Get 15% off an Edge Plus annual subscription through the playoffs when you use promo code PLAYOFF15. Get every tool for every game at one low price. It's easier than ever to play and wager with confidence when you have NBC Sports Edge Plus. And once again, that promo code was PLAYOFF15. All right, Jared, now I wanted to talk some Cavaliers and probably a different direction than we usually go when we talk Cavs. They beat the Knicks on Monday, 95-93. Lowry Markkinen was out due to a sprained right ankle. X-rays were negative, but he does not have a timetable to return. It seemed relatively serious. So my assumption would be 
timetable in weeks, but we don't know that. They said that he was going to miss some time. So yeah, it's pretty vague at this point. Jared Allen was also out on Monday. He was sick. It's not COVID. So he could be back on Wednesday. Kevin Love, I know he doesn't spark the same joy that Lamarcus Aldridge does for you, but you're you're down with the old the old man. I like him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought so. I like him. <laughs> well, he's good. Yeah, I'm sure you liked what he did on Monday. He had 20 and 11 I with did. three assists, a steal, and six three pointers. Every single one of his makes and attempts were from downtown. Did not attempt a shot within the arc. Just an interesting, That's interesting. look at who he is <laughs> in the NBA today. I even, you know, I jotted down as a note for this that he's kind of Lamarcus Aldridge-esque at this point because he's hovering around top 100 fantasy value. He's very much, you know, reliable, consistent, and has some value. My problem with him, and it's, you know, problem in quotes, is that I don't see a ceiling here. So although I'm fine rostering him and he's a top 100 guy, he's going to produce... I, I don't know, those end-of-bench type players with top 100 value, I always prefer just shuffling off and trying to get some rest-of-season upside. At this point in the year, though, I feel like I want Kevin Love on... At this point, the, the trade deadline's coming, my man. I gotta, I'm got <laughs> clearing, clearing roster spots left and right. Yeah, I, I, I like that comparison. LaMarcus Aldridge-esque is, is accurate. He's a solid player to have on your roster. Top 100 value is doing it. Points, boards, triples, dimes. A little yeah. bit of everything. No blocks. <laughs> no, no complaints. And honestly, when the season started, I would have never projected Kevin Love to be near this value. I so. think that I joked in a early season podcast that watch watch Kevin Love come back this year and everyone just like laughed at me and dismissed it. But <laughs> he is coming back. Yeah. He's playing he's playing kind of well. So I, I will take kind of well. I, I remember Dr. A floating an over-under for games played for Kevin Love at like 17. <laughs> we were like, because at the time, yeah, I mean, who knew the Cavs would be this good? Kevin Love would stay healthy. He's, yeah, he looks as effective as we've seen him in many years. So Healthy and happy on the team. That's right. Like, do you remember last season when he tapped the ball off someone on an inbounds play? And it was just a like a dunk. I believe it was in Toronto or at least versus Toronto. And he he was yes, in very... it and he just tapped it off the defender and someone dunked it. It was the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. I've never That's right. He was upset. He was upset with his teammates. Mm-hmm. So he just basically gave the ball to the opposing team yeah. in a very petulant display for a man in his mid-30s. (laughs) He's supposed to be the best. But anyways, he is he is not frustrated anymore and he is playing quite well. So (laughs) yeah, he he's bounced back. Ed Davis filled in for Jared Allen, 17 minutes, foul trouble, nothing there. We saw Dean Wade fill in as a starter without Larry Markinen. He's a guy worth talking about. He finished with 13 points, five boards, four triples, and three steals in probably the key number here, 35 minutes. Wow. Without Markinen, he started, we've seen it before, in 17 yeah. starts this year. However, the averages are pretty bleak, and they come in at 7.7 points, 43.6% shooting, four boards, 1.6 dimes, and 0.9 steals. That doesn't do it for me. I'm sure it doesn't do it for you. Do you see any reason he can improve upon those numbers as a starter going forward? He's going to be a hit or miss guy. So if on a light games day, if you want to pick him up as a streamer, a la last night, there was only four games on the slate. Mm -hmm. Am I going to keep him? No, I would send him immediately back to the waiver wire. But I think that he's a guy that you can stream on those Mm -hmm. numbers. 
Oh, well, we're going to get there. We're going to get your, your foreshadowing. I like that, Jared. <laughs> so another guy to mention here, Isaac Okoro. He's come up a couple times. He had 14 points, six boards, two dimes, a block, and zero turnovers in 33 minutes on Monday. That was nice to see. He had five turnovers the previous game, but that's a fluke. I've added and dropped Okoro multiple times this year. I'll, I'll admit. I've never really had much hope that he'll hit as a lasting value. It's kind of a wishful thinking type situation. I just don't see the consistency from him that we need for fantasy. The offensive growth is not there. For instance, he shot 21% from deep in November. He then got red hot in December somehow and shot 46% on three-pointers. In January, he's now a combined one of 14 from deep. 7%. Is that good? (laughs) Yeah, it's great. (laughs) If if you're uh, eight years old, just hucking them up. So... I mean, he's probably somewhere in the middle, right? He's not a 7% three-point shooter, and he's not a 46% three-point shooter, obviously, but I fear that that skews more towards, like, upper 20s. It's just not his role. He's not there yet. We saw them experiment with him as a playmaker in Summer League. That has not come to fruition. The assists just aren't there. You know, in 26 minutes per game in January, he's averaging single-digit points with two rebounds and 1.3 assists. Yeah. So you, I guess, I guess enough said <laughs> he'll, he'll flash it here and there, but he's insanely inconsistent. I would rather have yeah. Dean Wade over a if I'm choosing between those two. Sure. Even for streaming, I'll go there. So speaking of streaming, there might be some, you know, and Dean Wade here too, that there might be some situational streaming going into the weekend. So there are only four teams with a back-to-back set that straddles weeks 15 and 16 on Sunday and Monday. Those teams are the Cavaliers, Hawks, Clippers, and Blazers. So I love knowing that going into fantasy matchups. I keep an eye on those teams with those back-to-backs because, you know, I try to save a transaction. Now this is head-to-head leagues with transaction limits, but if you can save a transaction going into Saturday, Sunday, you pick up a player who can fill whatever need, you know, maybe you need a couple blocks. You pick up a guy who can give you a couple blocks. And then we'll also start out with basically a free roll on Monday. You've used one of your transactions Mm -hmm. for the previous week to give you an extra game played in the week upcoming. I love those situations. So keep an eye on those four teams I mentioned. Excellent point. Excellent point. All right. And then that's some fantasy savviness from Mr. Ryan (laughs) Knauss right there. Y'all should listen to that. We try to weave it Excellent point. Final final point before we start uh, talking top shot is I want to talk a little thunder. I feel like they get short shrift on the podcast with a few exceptions, but OKC lost at home to the shorthanded Bulls on Monday, 111-110. They did have a very impressive, I think they were down by 27 points in the third quarter, something crazy like that, but they they stormed back, uh, admittedly against a very shorthanded Bulls team. But Shea Gilgis Alexander couldn't hit the game-tying three-pointer in the final seconds after Giddy had hit a key layup to bring him within three. In any case, they fell short. So what I wanted to get to with OKC is who beyond Gilgis Alexander has value here? And I, I, I know the first thing we'll... Giggity! Well, yeah, the first thing we'll point to is Josh Giddy. So let me... <laughs> I, we need to clip that sound effect and just <laughs> drop it anytime Josh Giddy comes up. <laughs> Please. Editors, Adam, if you're listening, let's pull that one. So according to Yahoo's default ranks, which are tuned to 9cat, Jared, the only player inside the top 140 for 9cat value on OKC's roster is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. There's nobody else. Josh Giddy, 
understandably, okay, well, he's a poor, you know, field goal percentage. Let's discount that. Let's ignore it completely. Now he's top 140. If you want to forget his 66% free throw shooting, which admittedly is very low volume, it doesn't kill his value, you get rid of free throw shooting. He's inside the top 120. Okay, well, let's say we're in an eight-cat league. Turnovers don't mm -hmm. even matter. Let's get rid of his three turnovers per game. Now he's finally inside the top 100. He's pushing toward mid-round value. But you've also ignored 33% of the available categories to you in nine-cat. So yeah. I, I, I just don't get it. Even in points is my, my final case against sort of, not that I'm you know a, a hater, but I'm trying to paint a realistic picture for a guy who gets a lot of hype. In the default points league scoring used by Yahoo's DFS, FanDuel, NBA.com, Giddy is number 76. He's averaging 30.9 fantasy points per game, slightly below Bobby Portis and Wendell Carter Jr., slightly above Josh Hart and Tyrese Maxey. All of that being said, what's the is there a case for him to improve upon percentages and turnovers i guess are, are the things i'm focusing on in the second half of the season and really become a solid mid-round guy or are these just the caveats we have to live with do you think i mean percentages are typically an issue for a rookie and we knew coming into the season that he wasn't much of a shooter so i I'd, I'd be surprised to see that turn around but look I've made this argument plenty of times. I think that assists are massively undervalued as they are the second rarest stat in fantasy hoops. And if a guy's going to give me six plus dimes a night, and he's also a superb rebounder for a guard, I don't want to throw that away. I'm fine with it. You know, I don't like ranks are only so valuable. I honestly think that ranks are useful within the top 50 and it gets more and more great i'll say artistic after that it's really kind of a little bit of less math and more opinion once we get past that range and just so again a guy that's going to give me so many assists and a quality rebounder for a guard i'm fine with having him on my roster i guess more of a deep league and he he flashes this upside I don't think that the upside will be consistent his rookie year. Yeah, I think I'm kind of talking in circles at this point. I like him. <laughs> no, no, that, that's fine. There's also something to be said for, I mean, you, you mentioned artistic and rankings only being useful to a certain point. I completely agree because what they do is provide some context for value, right? Comparing them to a certain population of players that you're looking at. Now, generally, like Basketball Monster looks at the entire league, so that's already distorting things because you're using league averages and standard deviations that apply to the entire population, yes. not just the top 150 or top 200 that are actually under discussion yes. in fantasy. So you're already distorting the picture of statistics based on the population size that you are choosing. The other thing is there's no context for your... I mean, you can change the categories you look at, but for your specific team. So let's say I have Super Josh Giddy. And I'm in an eight-cat league, so throw out turnovers initially. Now, he's a point guard, and I've, I'm loaded with bigs, let's say. I don't need his, him to help me in field goal percentage, and it doesn't even really matter if he shoots horribly. Maybe it drops me from first in the league in field goal percentage to second, or second to fourth. Point being, it's not the, the huge weight that it might appear to be yes. in a vacuum. So all these things kind of weigh in and have bearing on, like, do I even need those stats? Does that hurt yes. me as much as it might? 
an objective sort of idealistic team. All these things need to be addressed. <laughs> I think I think you summed yes. up my point better there. My point was basically it's about team build once you get beyond the top 50. So like if there's a, you know, you're in a top 75 situation, do you want like a, I know that Bobby Portis isn't top 75, but let's use this as, a, as an example, like Bobby Portis or Marcus Smart. They're going to be in a similar range, but they're completely different stat sets. And whoever makes more sense for your team is going to depend on the composition of your roster. Mm -hmm. So that was a solid. Without constantly bearing that in mind, it's I think that's part of the reason we've seen trades decline so much. Like so many fewer trades, I feel like, take place in fantasy just because people, when you queue up a trade, Yahoo's telling you, hey, they're ranked like this and the, the opposing players ranked like this. And if one number is higher than the other, it's going to stop most trades dead in their tracks. So unless you you are able to look at it with more nuance, it's just not going to happen. Okay. Yeah. We got caught up on Giddy for a while. Great. <laughs> okay. Anyone else in OKC? I mean, you got Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He's gotten his chances. You feel like they'll increase in the end of the season because he's flitted in and out with Derek Favors. Favors, you know, by the wayside. You got Darius Baisley potentially, and then Lou Dort. We saw what he could do in a, a featured offensive role late last season. I guess of those three players, anyone jump out at you? And is there another name I, I forgot? Dort. I like Dort. I like Dort. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like JRE. Uh, Basley is too inconsistent, but Dort's pretty good. Basley is maddening, man. The, or ba Basley, rather. The, yeah. the moment I pick up Basley, he All just right. falls off. And it's uh, anyway, a topic for another day. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So let's finish. Oh, first I want to read it in another promo. So download if you haven't already. If you're a regular listener to the pod, I've already pleaded with you to do so. But if you've ignored my good advice, please download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Wednesday's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we're highlighting matchups between the Kings and Hawks, Raptors and Bulls and Mavericks and Blazers. So if you do not have the Predictor app yet powered by PointsBet, download it now. And Jared, with that, I hand you the mic to... Drop some top shot knowledge on us. Tell us what it is. Tell us what should we be looking for in the coming week. And yeah, generally spread your enthusiasm with the with the round ball stew community because I know you love top shot. I love top shot. So just generally, I just want more people in top shot. I think it's really fun. And I think there's a massive overlap 
between fantasy and Top Shot that hasn't quite been tapped yet, that market. And I just, it's been so much fun in Series 3 with all these Flash challenges. It is fantasy-esque because, for example, like last night, the Flash challenge was the, the bench players with the most combined points, assists, and boards. It's just fun to like watch the games and look for that, and then you put together your showcase mm-hmm. and you win stuff. Whatever. That's just a general take from, from Series 3. So if, if you did get in in Series 2 and you felt a little bit burned, I would highly recommend getting back in because, honestly, one, it's fun. Two, there's money to be made here. So we got two packs coming out today. We are, This is Tuesday as we're recording this. So if you listen to it tomorrow, you missed out. But um, we got this. Always more packs. We got the second legendary pack of Series 3 and the first return of the Hollow Icon drop. The Hollow Icon drop is kind of their, they they describe it as the cream of the crop from the season. And what the idea of this set is the best three players from each team. I would prefer that they do two players from each team, but whatever, they're locked into three. So now there is a very high collector score requirement to even be able to touch this pack. It's 10,000 CS for the general queue, which might sound like a high number, but I have gone over this in depth in previous columns. And and if you would like a refresher on that, just get at me on Twitter on the name that you can't find. And you can get to 10,000 points pretty reasonably. I'm there. I, I will be in the general queue this morning. It's just strategically buying around full team sets. And long story short, those full team sets are Milwaukee, Charlotte, Minnesota, and Utah. Those are the best teams to boost your score from. And I'm also in this Thursday's column, I'm going to go even more in depth in that and talk about how many total users have completed those sets. And just a teaser, it's Charlotte by a long shot. There's about 2,000 people who have completed that team set because it's the best one. So the moments that are going to be in this legendary drop are Marcus Smart, Darius Garland, Luka Doncic, Aaron Gordon, Sadiq Bey, Christian Wood, DeMontis Sabonis, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Ingram, Devontae Graham, RJ Barrett, SGA, Harrison Barnes, Bradley Beal, and Kyle Kuzma with the rewards. So in Top Shot, there's challenges and there's reward moments. And the reward moments will be DeMar DeRozan, Franz Wagner, and Ja Morant. Now, if you heard any of those names that I mentioned, you're like, huh, that doesn't really sound like a legendary kind of player. I might agree with you a little bit. So I'm hopeful that guys like Sadiq Bey and guys like Devontae Graham are, and certainly Harrison Barnes, I'm hoping that Top Shot is going to include these names in the challenge for either Franz Wagner or John Morant, as these are very popular players on the Top Shot market. And that would drive value. To be a little bit honest with you, I'm terrified of pulling a Harrison Barnes <laughs> because this is a this is a quite expensive pack. But if it's gone anything like previous packs have gone, it should be a moneymaker because it's not just the legendary moment that you get in this set. You're also going to get a rare metallic gold and seven base set moments that could possibly include a rookie or <laughs> a limited edition moment. Any any questions you have on, on the legendary pack? Or I mean, all sorts of questions, and I'm sure people who don't, and, and I do Top Shot, I, I have an account and some moments, but you know, for listeners, so a, a moment, 
I think in itself hasn't even been explained. It's it's a a particular play, some great moment that occurred. It's a highlight. Yeah, right. A highlight with with video and some audio, and you can collect them and create sets and all the, and trade them and gift them to people. So I think one thing like you're you're getting into great details. And as a Top Shot collector, like I was wasn't I forgot that there was a drop today. So I'm pretty excited. Although I don't think I meet the collector <laughs> score requirements. Well, so I'll have to follow your advice and complete one of those team sets or multiple. But I, I think one thing to highlight is you can go as deep as you want and you could make it, you know, if you want it to be a speculative financial journey, then great, you can do that. If you want to just dip in and have fun and buy a couple packs and rip them open and hope to get a Jalen Green rookie for nine bucks, you can do that too. Like it's that yeah. simple and there's a, a fun community around it and people share moments and complain about which moments were chosen and try to double up on my, like there's all sorts of angles to to play with it and it's it's just fun it's a way to extend our love of you know shared love of nba and wmba i should mention there's a great wmba set going to extend that off the court and to make it just yes. a collector thing i mean it's the same you know joy of ripping open a physical pack of cards except it's a digital nft uh, you know which is all the rage yes so yeah it's really that simple and you can have fun with it and spend a little bit of money or you can go super deep and if you don't if if you're not like able to land the legendary, which might be out of the reach for a lot of folks, it's gonna. If this pack hits like I'm expecting it to, I'm I'm hopeful that these moments are gonna be like over one k, any of them. Mm. So let's move on to the more affordable pack. It's the metallic gold. It's the rare, the the second release of the Met metallic gold limited edition, which is kind of their their standard bearer of rare sets and. Real quick, something I really enjoy that Top Shot has done in Series Three is they've made they've done very well of distinguishing rare from common. In Series Two, it was mm -hmm. less distinguishable, both in terms of CS and the highlight itself. Top Shot has been very meticulous about really ensuring that the best moments go into the higher tiers and the best players go into the higher tiers. So this, the, the metallic gold drop, it's a 7,500 7, collector score for the priority queue and 2,500 for the general queue. So this is going to be a lot more accessible. And the moments in this set are Patty Mills, Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, Nikola Vucevic, Kevin Love, we were talking about him earlier, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Andrew Wiggins, Steph Curry, Malik Monk, Desmond Bain, Kyle Lowry, Bobby Portis, and this is just an interesting note on Bobby Portis. This is just his fourth top shot moment. He only has two commons, and his other moment is a legendary. So those two commons are an incredible bottleneck just to have in your back pocket for potential flash challenges. Just a note to throw out there. I have like three Bobby Portises for that reason. Kemba Walker. Can Top Shot please stop forcing Kemba Walker down our throats? And Bohan Bogdanovich. Overall, I think that th this is going to be a very good pack. I talked about, yes, buying the packs is an option. If you don't qualify, there is another way to make money on these packs, and it's what I call buying the dip. And that is what happens like clockwork. It's about once the pack drop is completed and the market is opened, you set a timer for a 10 to let's say 10 to 20 minutes and that moment is going to tank for the first 10 to 20 minutes it's on the market and then it's just the steady rise after that so that gives you an opportunity once the market opens 
and you just sit back and wait a little bit and and let the market tank for a little bit you buy that moment and you can sell it at the end of the night for a profit this is something that again i've i've talked about in depth in columns where i map out the exact trajectory of how these moments dip and whatnot there's also a second opportunity to buy the dip and that is after challenges that tends to be a three-hour process where the moment really starts to tank and i've done this this season as an example um and the previous metallic gold drop after cj mccollum was in a challenge i think he tanked all the way to 100 so i bought him and if you check right now he should be in the 140 to 160 range so it's just fun for me. I love doing this. I love buying dips. I love I love isolating the players that I think are going to be the most valuable. So just to give you a list of guys that I'm going to be targeting today is going to be Hayward and Lamelo because I have the Charlotte set in addition to Curry, Bain, Portis, and Bohan because I have the Utah set. So yeah, two really good packs to go after today, um, multiple opportunities to get those moments, even if you're not able to secure a pack. That's pretty much all I got to say. I, I, I appreciate you giving me the floor and letting me rant about Top Shot for 15 sure. minutes. I absolutely love Top Shot. And, I, and I, I, I really would implore our audience to at least check it out. At least check it out. Sure. Yeah. Today would be a wonderful day to do that. Yeah. And if you want to, I mean, I, there's a lot of terminology you threw out and collector scores and, and this and that, but it really isn't all that complicated ultimately. And you can, as I said earlier, make it as complicated and as deep as you want it to be. It, it's it's not something that is intimidating right. to get into at all. You, you go and they make mm -hmm. it very easy. Here's a starter pack that only people with zero packs can, can purchase. So it's always available for new collectors. <laughs> you know, the barrier for entry is very, very low. And then if you want to go deep and right, make a game of it, like it's, it's a game, it's like a mini stock market essentially where yeah. you can, you can predict things coming and buy dips and sell high, you know, all these things, except you're just focused on basketball players. And, and that's what I love about it. My friends jokingly yeah. call me a day trader now, but there you I go. love it. That's right. Oh, there's definitely an element of it. Even to hear you talking about, you know, buy them a column at one price and flipping them at another. And yes, yeah, so, you know, you can absolutely do that. And if you do, a little plug for Jared's Top Shot column that comes out every week. It is probably the best Top Short uh, Top Shot resource uh, on the web. So if you're an Thank existing you. collector or thinking about becoming one, absolutely check out Jared's Top Shot column, which is right on NBC Sports Edge. every Thursday. Jared, thank you for walking us through that and today's drops. I best of luck to you getting all the players you just mentioned and building on your Hornets team set with a Lamelo. Let's fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Give me a Lamelo. Ooh, I want. There you go. Make sure you re record those pack rips in case you get one. I want to see that reaction. <laughs> I will. I will for sure. All right. Thanks. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next week, Jared. Cool. Happy to be here. Adios. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.